Real life, real news, real people, real politics, real sports, real commentary, real everything. This is the Life Podcast, hosted by Justin J.J. Johnson. Real news, real guests, and we're coming to you live. Three, two, one. What's up, everyone? This is your boy, J.J., coming in for another episode of This is the Life Podcast. Before I start my show, I want to give a special shout-out to a previous guest, Merv Glow, for hooking me up with my new intro. want to shout you out again, Merv. Appreciate you, fam. Um, If you haven't checked him out, you know, he did an episode with me about several months back. It's still up if you want to check it out. Also, check out his Instagram. Follow the kid. He's doing big things. Now, before we start my show, just want to give a shout out to everybody. Hope everybody's living life, staying healthy, staying sane, staying out of trouble. All positive things. No negative energy. We got to move forward, people. All right. Now. Without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Now, this individual is a comedian, father, great human being, all the above. I'm not going to take too much time because we both tired, but here we are surviving another day, but we got to make we're going to make this show a good one. Hopefully we get some laughs, some real discussions just again just all life but anyways enough about that my guest is none other than local comedian ricky cruz now i got a chance uh to meet him at the gym we started talking and then i asked him to be a guest on the show he didn't hesitate so without further ado i'm gonna bring ricky on Ricky, how you doing, my brother? Hey, man. What's up, bro? I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, you got it, man. You got it. So as I was just saying, um, I know we met literally at the gym, and I know that's where you just leaving right now. So I know you tired. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm literally parked. Just like, you know, right outside the gym right now, man. I got here a little late today. You know, I come in earlier usually. Yeah, I was going to ask you uh, – yeah, you normally in there by the time I get in there. Yeah, 4 o'clock. So today, I I came in earlier at, at 4, but I brought my son. He's 13. He's trying to start getting to the gym. So I couldn't really work out. I was just, I was just working him out, you know? So okay. I did him, and then I came back to do my, you know, to get my workout in. Because if, if I leave him alone, he's not going to know what to do. You know, he's 13 years old. So I trained him up for like 45 minutes. Took him home okay. and came back. Spending my whole day in the gym right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it was it crowded right now? Oh man, you know this time it's like prime time. This six o'clock uh, time. This is the worst because you gotta like yeah. you got you gotta like coordinate your workout by what's available to use. <laughs> like yeah. you have in your mind, oh, I'm, I'm gonna go do uh, back and bicep today, and then all that shit's taken. <laughs> so you got you gotta improvise. With the workout, just you know, change it up. Which I don't mind, man. I don't like you know stagnating the same thing all the time. And I'm not. No, gonna, yeah, I'm not know. gonna wait for a machine. I'm not gonna wait for a machine either. I just, I just move on to my next thing. 
figure it out. Yeah, no, no, you've, uh, no, you're right. Cause there's been times, there's been times where I've had, um, meetings at work. So by the time I get over there, I'll be thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to do this, this and that. But then I'm like, nah, I'm going to have to change it up a bit because I'm looking at the time and I'm like, I know it's what we, what I call rush hour. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to have to change that original plan to plan B and make it do so I can get up out of there. So I don't, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. Yeah. And, and like, sometimes that's, it's better, man, because like, you don't like stagnate your workout, you know, you change it up instead of doing, I don't know, let's say, you know, like a barbell workout. Oh shit. Today I'll go to a dumbbell. I'll do the same, I'll do the same um, exercise but with a dumbbell, or I'll do a body weight exercise, you know, just, just change it up. And, cause, and you go there, man, and then people be on their phone and shit. Like, they'll be sitting at a machine just staring at Snapchat or TikTok. You're like, damn, bro, I'm trying to get on there. I'm talking <laughs> to somebody, man. Like, like you know, I, like, I don't socialize too much at the gym, bro. I just go in, do my shit, and get out. Now, with me, I do... You probably see me, maybe or not. I do my little shit talking here and there, but I kind of do it. How can I say it? I'll knock it out like towards the end, or if I'm taking like a like a long little break or whatever. But to sit, like you said, to sit and just start playing on that shit, I can't do that, man. And 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 the, and the thing I tell myself, and I've told people there too, I'm like. You can see, to me, those are the ones that don't know how to work out, and they're not serious. No, you know, mean, because it's, 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 uh, look cute. Yeah, we call it what it is. They try yeah, to look cute and shit. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah. Well, dog, yeah. you know what I can't say, man? Dudes be in there trying to rap the girls and mac on them. I'm like, bro, leave this girl alone, bro. She's just trying to get her workout and get out of here. She don't want to talk to you. She don't want to hear your advice on how to lift her weight. Leave this poor girl alone, man. It's like just so, nobody wants to talk to you in the gym, bro. So you've seen that? Oh, every day, man. You see these kids trying to mack on somebody. And listen, I was 20 years old once in my life too, bro. But like, I mean, even at that age, I was like, this is not the time and place for it, bro. It's like, you true. Know, wait till they leave. Find find them out in the wild somewhere or something like that, you know. I like, think. Gym, let me man, see. Leave that girl alone. No, no, that's um, that's facts. Let me think. This was like, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and wreck my brain on it, but this was like some odd years ago. And I, you know, you, you mentioned about like trying to give tips and stuff. So I did it. This was like, like I said, years ago, I did it, but I wasn't trying to holler at the girl. I was literally saw her doing something. I'm like, all right, this girl going to fuck herself up. So I just tried to give her a little piece of advice and she snapped back at me. It was like, oh, I don't need the help. And I ever, Ricky, ever since then, I don't see shit. So if I see you, there you go. if you if I see you doing something and I see you gonna break your ass, I'm not saying nothing to you because I think <laughs> back at that chick that was like, oh, I don't need no help. So bust your ass, and I what I'll do if anything, I'll just go get somebody from the front to help. You, but I ain't gonna say shit. No. <laughs> you see, but no. you did out of kindness of your heart. Like you actually went with good intentions. But like I seen some dudes in there that just you know they're just trying to make play, and I'm like, come on, man, these just get alone, bro. There's a, there's a couple yeah. in there that always get stopped by dudes, bro. I'm like, oh man, this poor girl. Yeah, I just go in there, man. I'm gonna work out and I get out, bro. I got you know. I'm like you. Too many other dude, things I treat, to do. I treat it like a nine to five, man. 
I go, I do my job, and I get out. That's that's what it is. If you want to yeah, rap, really, you know, it's like it's like therapy, man. For me, bro, like I go in there, bro, just freaking. I'll be mad at something during the day, or just you know feeling like shit. Let me go make myself. Let me go work out hard here. You know, get get these endorphins going. Go back to my house yeah. and deal with the kids. <laughs> yeah, hey, you preach it to the you preach it to the quiet. Hey, <laughs> that's it, man. I I literally use it the same way as a therapy session. Like in other words, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, stay in shape and you know maintain, but primarily it's therapy. It's therapy. Yeah, man. I go. A, I get my therapy session. Up. Yeah, and I go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how old you are, man. I'm I'm 48, about to turn 49. Um, okay. A couple weeks now, man. So, man, I gotta stay in the gym, bro. I get, you know, this, at this age, bro, like, I'm, I'm not trying to go back. I'm not trying to go, you know, age too fast or trying to turn the clock back or or just, you know, live as healthy as I can, you know, as I get older. You say you'd be 49. I'll be 49, March 29th. Oh, oh, wow, Ricky, dude, I meant to tell you, I'll be, it's funny, I'll be 39 at the end of the month. 31st, so I'm two days oh. after you. <laughs> oh, oh, Aries, bro. Come on, man. We see hey, Aries. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's probably why we well, connected. Bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, for yeah. sure, man. We're like 10 years apart, two days two days apart, bro. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, man. So, yeah, uh, man. So, you... that's it, man. And I don't feel old, bro. Like, I can't believe it that I'm almost 50, bro. Like, I, I scratch my head. Like, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> I, I still feel like, you know, I'm 25. I know I'm not, but I still have that attitude. Like you know, I still feel young and shit. You you got any plans for your birthday? Or are you just gonna keep it simple? No, I always keep it simple, man. I'm not one of these big birthday party kind of guys. I just you know I'll probably just I'll be at the gym and then one of the, I think my birthday's on a Wednesday. I'll uh-huh. probably be out doing a set somewhere. You know, have dinner with my family first. Okay. And then go do a set, man. You know. That type of thing, bro. But, yeah, I'm not like one of those guys that throw a party for yourself and, you know, make all the big to-do. True. But next year, you're going to have to, man. The big five zero, you got to have to. I don't even, I don't know, man. Like, my, no? my kids are telling me, oh, we got we to do a big one for your 50. I'm like, oh, man. You're going to have to. Let that one pass. You're going to have to. <laughs> let's let that one pass quietly for the five zero. <laughs> yeah, because no, I'm, I'm already I'm thinking. Sure. I'm, I'm sure already, I'm, yeah, I'm already thinking of stuff to do for next year for my 40th. Because 40, you think, crack out that yeah. Saint Ives. <laughs> yeah, because right, you hitting the milestone. Yeah, because they both milestones, so it's like they are, man. That's for sure, bro. Yeah, yeah, but at, at the same time, you know, if I don't look, I'm gonna be honest, man. Just another day above ground. I'll be happy to be honest with you. You know. Yeah, exactly, look, bro. Yeah, looking forward. And but, definitely, um, man, and 40 is a mark, man. I always felt like, okay, 30 is like the first thing. In your 20s, you're just a big teenager, actually. That's how I felt, man. My 20s, yeah. I was just bullshitting yeah. the whole fucking time. You know, 30, I mean, I had to pump the brakes real quick. I had my daughter at 30. So that was kind of like a big okay. life change for me. Like, oh, okay, you got to stop being an idiot now. You know, maybe you'll tighten up. So, like, from 30 to now, it's all the same pretty much. And I've been dealing okay. with, you know. Just trying to raise these kids. Cause you got two, right? I got three. I got my daughter, oh, three. Uh, nineteen. And I got two boys okay. that are fifteen and thirteen. 
So I'm in the okay. mix, bro. I got all teenagers right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, you you got it. <laughs> but once that teenage nah, thing is right. over, man, you home free. Dude. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. It's just like that. And, bro, kids make life go by fast because you're so caught up in what they're doing, you know, that, yeah. like, your life just goes by, you know. I'm like, from the time they're born, it's all about them, you know, their life, their activities, what's going on. And you turn around and, like, 20 years goes by like that. Like, my daughter hit 18. I was like, oh, shit, 18 years, man. Wow. I did not. I was like, oh shit! Okay, I'm good. I got my daughter to 18. I felt accomplished. I'm like, man, you know, she's a responsible girl. She's a woman. Takes care of herself. I felt like, oh man, you did a good job, Dad. Way to go! All right. And like my boys, I'm like, all right, they're 15 or 13. All right, they're boys. They can figure it out on their own. <laughs> they, can figure, they can figure this shit out. <laughs> oh boy, that's yeah, true. Man. Yeah, kids. You're, you're, yeah. you're always seem more worried about your daughter, man. You know, like your boys. I don't know, maybe because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a man myself. You always figure, all right, the boys will figure it out, man. You know, they're smart. They're, you think smart? You can do their thing. You think? I guess you when you look at it, you think about it. You know, you're, you're always gonna see, like I said, no matter how old your child gets, especially your daughter, you're always gonna see as your little girl. That's just something with fathers. You know, like I said, for 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 them, they can't do no wrong. You know, um, but the boys, you're like, yeah, sit your ass down, you be all right. You know, but the girls, you're like, no, 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 you need this, you need that. It's just it's just part of being a parent, you know. And when I meant, and when I said earlier about once they hit eighteen, you're home free. I meant in the sense of. Like the ev- how can I how can I break it down? I guess like the everyday little things, but obviously when they get older, they're still gonna need a you know they're still gonna need you either yeah, way. Yeah, definitely. But it's like, you know, but it's age, like the day to day stuff if if it makes sense. Yeah, you know what exactly, I mean? man. Like you did your best to give them the playbook that you could give them until they got to eighteen, you know, and you hopefully you gave them some tools that they could take into their adult life, you know. Which I do feel like with my daughter, you know, like all right, man, she's mature, she's responsible. You know, she can handle herself. Because when she was when she was little, man, you just think everybody's gonna kidnap your kids. When you have a daughter, yep. you're so worried about you know their their safety. You know, you want you don't want to leave them with nobody. You know, like she was a gymnast for a long time, and I was always in the practice. You know, like just making sure these coaches were you know good people. After a while, you get to know these coaches. So many she was a gymnast for years and years, so you get comfortable leaving her. But at first, you're like, okay. I want to be around this this child as much as possible to make sure she's safe. And then now she's 18, I, you know, still want to care about her safety, but I know she can take care of herself. You know, like she knows not to walk in the parking lot on her phone. I've always told her, hey, when you're in the parking lot, get off your fucking phone, okay? Be aware of your surroundings. If you're on your phone, you're a mark. You know, they see you walking on your phone, you're easy, bro. They're going to be your easy target, you know? Facts. You know, you know, you know, Shit like that, bro. I've always wanted my kids to be more street smart than book smart. You know, book smarts are good, fantastic, but I want them to handle themselves out there in the world, you know, properly. Facts on that. Yeah, yeah. Facts, because... Like one, thing I'm, one thing I'm proud of, like, my kids, like, they behave well in public. They might be assholes at home, you know. They're, they're assholes at home <laughs> and shit, but, but in school, in other people's houses, out in public... You know, they don't act up. 
You know, I'm like, all right, cool. They, you know, they say they're acting up for, in the house. Like, they go to somebody's house. If they don't like the food, they still eat it. So I've always told them that, man. You go to somebody's <laughs> house. If they made fish. You don't like fish. Guess what? You're going to eat fish, all right? Don't be rude. Don't make me look bad. You can go over there and eat their food. So, Starts like, at home. I guess that's how I grew up, too. Yeah, that's how I grew up, man. Like, you know, my parents always told me that, man. It's like, you go to somebody's house and behave, bro. Eat their food, you know. Be a good person, bro. Yeah. That's it, man. I remember my mom. Mom was telling me a story a while back about, like, when I was little, that when we go to people's houses, you know, she, you know, they didn't have to worry about, like, moving stuff around, you know, because a, a little kid was in the house. She said, I'd be sitting right there. wouldn't move. And, and <laughs> you know, you get you get people now, they have to, when they see the little kids at the house, they have to start moving stuff because they just start roaming around. But it's like it starts at home, you know, and, and once you once you get that foundation, that shit stays with you, man. Like, stays with it, you. It does, man. It's funny, man. Like, you, you become your parents, man. Like, I always said, oh, man, my dad was oh, so yeah. strict growing up, man. He was like, a, you know, he's a Cuban, we're Cuban, you know. He was, like, really Catholic Cuban, conservative, um, you know, very, very proper. And I was like, man, I don't want to be like that, man. And I'm, I become some, somewhat like that. Not totally, but somewhat like that because you can't help it. I can't help it, you know. It just happens. And like, yeah. Same thing with our kids, man. Like, we we never baby proofed our house, like to an extent. Like, 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 of course, in medicine, we we kept it on high shelves. But as far as like putting like soft edges on corners and shit like that, and like, you know, hiding the glass table. Listen, man. You know, you learn. Kids will learn when they get when they hit something hard, not to run that way again, without looking. Yep. You know, you can't yep. you can't baby proof life. You know, I go to a buddy's house and he got like pool noodles. You go to his house, he got pool noodles on the corners of his on his fucking tables, bro. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, because the kid is always running around. Well, guess what? When he hits it the first time, he's gonna know. Don't run around the damn table. Yeah, shit, I never you heard put, that. First time hearing that. You, you put a pool noodle on the corner of the table. He's not learning shit, bro. <laughs> Duh. Like, yeah, dude, I ain't never heard that. You know, man, I mean, yeah, yeah, man. I like you. It's crazy, bro. Like, uh, we I mean, all, we like, all got I... that baby. We, we all got that baby scar that we got real little. We did something stupid, and that yep. you know, that's a scar we learned from, bro. That's just we learn from that shit. Yep, yep. I got a scar. I got a scar on my knee when I was younger. When I went to Georgia, I fell in the ditch, and. <sighs> I went I went back up there, which I do. Hey, it's on my right knee. So I went back up there uh, this past uh, December, like a couple of days after Christmas, and I had the family in the car with me, and I drove by, and I said, that's that famous ditch. I, I, that shit hurt, man. It, it didn't scar me, but that's crazy. Like, after all them years, because I'm talking, this was like, I was way young. After all them years, I remember. I'm like, that's the same fucking area right there where I fell in that ditch. You know what I'm saying? So we all we all should have some type of battle scars, you know? <laughs> bro, and, and you learn, don't be playing around ditches, bro. Watch out that's for the it. ditch. Exactly. I won't be there. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. See, that's life, man. You learn from that shit, bro. That's it. Come on, that's man. it. Hey, so I was looking today, and I discovered 
um, you went you went to my alma mater. You went to Sunset. I did, man. I graduated in 92. We just had our 30-year high school reunion. I couldn't believe it. <sighs> did you, you go? You graduated in 2002, huh? Yeah, yeah I went. So you you went? graduated in 2002? I went in 2002, yeah. Yeah, so you, graduated. So, you, so you know my buddy Joel Mason, who graduated the same year probably. I think Mace graduated uh, 02 for Sunset. Wait, wait, um, Mace, Mace, yeah. football Joel player. Mason played, played football. Yeah, played football. And he, so, uh, yeah, I graduated. Actually, he gra- he graduated 01. Probably, man. Buddy man, yeah, I know that cat. Hey, when you when you yeah. when you talk to him, tell him tell him you know me. Listen, his I know his family. I know his sister, his mom, dude. Like it's so funny. His mom drove the bus. I used to ride on her bus to get to uh, uh um McMillan, dude. Hey, <laughs> I got a funny ass story oh, real dude. quick. Yeah, they brought their, their bus driver fan. I went to I went to McMillan too, man. I went to McMillan oh. for seventh, uh-huh. seventh, eighth grade, and then okay. I went to uh, Columbus for ninth and tenth grade. Okay. And then I went I went to Sunset for eleventh and twelfth. Uh, played football, man. I was actually a all city wide receiver my my senior nice. year. Nice. Okay. I was fucking. I could I could play, bro. We were terrible, you know. Sunset football back in the day was, was still. Never, so I got a couple. Yeah, so I got a story about Sunset real quick, football, and then I'm going to tell you about Joel's mom. So this was maybe, I want to think, the end of my freshman year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say end of my freshman year, going into the sophomore year. So I always had a habit of going to visit, you know, old teachers that, that I liked or whatever. You know, I thought they was cool, so yeah. I would go back and visit them and everything. So long story short, I went to go back and visit um I don't remember the class, it's so long ago. But the the football coach at the time was in there with her. So after I left, he you know, he asked me like, Oh hey, uh, you know, you play uh football and I said, Well I said, I don't play organized. I play street. Like, literally, I just played just street football. I said, you know, where I'm at, you know, we have a dead-end street, so we just use that. Boom, 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 boom. He's like, oh, okay, okay. He's like, you you, you think you maybe want to come out and, and work out with us, practice? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll come, I'll come. My ass never went, man. But it's like Sunset Football, I mean, like you said, man, they've been sorry ever since. And I could talk shit now because I'm out to school. But it's like, Dude, like they've always been sorry, man. They've had a couple like man, little guys that we you had know, play- some we had players, shit. man. Yeah, let me tell you, man, because I was in deep in Sunset. I coached at Sunset too in um like oh four, two thousand four. With with probably that same coach, Coach Fernandez, who passed away. Um, Robert Fernandez, rest in peace. So yeah, Sunset, yeah, they were always you know terrible. But back in the day, the district was different. Now they play in a district with Braddock, uh, Varela, Ferguson, and um, some other schools. I think called Park Southwest. Back in the day, it was Sunset, South Ridge, Homestead, South Dade, and Palmetto, and Killian in one district. Okay? Yep. Look at that district. Look at that district, bro. Dude, that's a murderer's row. So uh-huh. Sunset was always at the bottom of that district for sure, man, because those other schools are producing NFL talent. Yep. Sunset, Fact. we had some good players. Like my year, um, we were the number one offense in the county and the last defense in the county because we put all our good players on offense pretty much. But my best friend, Willie Gonzalez, he played at Georgia Tech. Okay. Um, Robert, Rod- Robert Rodman 
had offers from Notre Dame and UM, but had no grades, so couldn't go nowhere. Okay. Um, I could I could play, but I was like, I was five nine, one hundred thirty pounds. I was a little man, I was a tiny dude. So I got Damn, I got offers from I got offers. Yeah, I was little, bro. I, I could just run, bro. So I got offers from tiny schools I never heard of. You know, I'm not going to those schools. Whatever, man. So like, Sunset had players, but in that district, they just could not compete, man. And then I went back there, and um, I, I lived in California for like five six years. We moved back in '03. And then I started coaching at Sunset for a year because I always loved football, okay. and that's my alma mater. So I went back there, and I coached then for a little bit, bro. But, yeah, and then Joel, he he was coaching also. That's where I met him, on the Mesa. Okay. Because he, uh, he had just graduated. He's, in that, he's a principal of a school now, actually. He's doing great. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I met him with Mesa. At, we were coaching together. And he's a good dude. But, like you said, his, his mom was a bus driver for yep. years. I think she might have just retired, bro. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I haven't seen him or his you know, family in a while. But, man, that's funny. That's, that's a coincidence, man. But, yeah, um, so my mom uh, taught at uh, Winston Park, which is right in that area, right? So, yeah, I know it well. Okay, so, you know, she found out, you know, about, you know, Joel's mom because I needed to get from – middle you know western park to get over to mcmillan so when she you know put you know she you know put herself in connects with his mom i started riding the bus so long story short i think this was okay i started the bus sixth grade i want to say i did it sixth seventh and maybe eighth but i think it was like sixth grade or so we would always pass by um dang you probably know i can't think of right now it's the I think it's the private school right there off of Sunset at one twenty seven. And that school I think it's still oh, there. Was, it's on That's cool. That was it was Sunset Prep back in the day, I believe it was called, or Calusa Prep. Right okay. Calu- I think <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so Calusa Prep. You, <laughs> I'm I'm, laugh- <laughs> I'm laughing now because you're gonna probably start laughing too. So all right. You know how that little area over there, the strip down there and all the other on the other end of that is horse country, right? Yes. Okay. So we would take, you know, we had this one guy, I think his name was Anthony or something. I don't know. Um, we would drop him off, right? We drop him off at his house in horse country and then we have to come back. So when we come back, you know, we at that stop sign. So when you make a right, you either going towards sunset or if you make a left, you going out towards, um, sunset prep, or whatever. Right. Okay. So we make that yeah. right. So, one day it was me and a bunch of other I forgot how many other people, not that many people, on the bus, we would see like some <laughs> Oh Lord, okay. <laughs> so we would see some of the kids from Sunset <laughs> Oh Lord, it's gonna it's gonna crack you up. So we would see some of the kids at Sunset Prep, right? So we just start fucking with them for no reason, right? So one day we really started fucking with these kids and no lie. They ran up to Joel's mom's bus and she stopped the car, the bus. And she's like, go fight, go fight, go fight. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) I swear, it was so funny. And and I laughed because dude, like we thought that like these kids were soft because oh, you're inclusive prep. Fuck you. So that one day we pissed them off. I swear they had at least 
20, 30 kids surrounding the bus. And his mom was like, go fight, go fight. We're like, no, no, no. That's hilarious, bro. She was telling you, get on the bus and fight these kids. <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. Man, and knowing Joel, bro, I can see his mom being like that, bro. Holy shit. I mean, because, like, cause dude, Stop, because we figured, look. When I look, see him, I'm going to tell him that story. Hey, because we figured, look, we said, look, we on the bus, we riding, nobody can't fuck with us. We we we're not gonna stop. And when she stopped, dude, at least my heart was thumping because I'm like, yo, I mean, I'm like, I know I'm black, but I was thinking in my head, I'm not black, but this fucking yeah, thirty forty, bro. Yeah. So I'm like, that's hilarious, freaking, bro. It's like freaking thirty forty kids. I'm like, I ain't nah, hell no. Nah. I get my ass beat, man. I'm not gonna worry. I can understand. <laughs> that's for real. I'm like, I can understand if it was maybe like two kids, whatever. I pop one, pop the other, boom, boom, and, and keep going. But when she said fight, we're like, I think, uh, her name, Leather. There we go, Leather. We're like, no, we can't fight. It's like, it's like fucking 40 kids. Go fight, go fight, go fight. And then one kid was like, come on, come on, come on, you pussies. And we're like, nah, we So she took off. I think <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. Yeah, because you talking to the shit in the bus, bro, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, man, and he's talking shit from the bus. The bus keeps moving. <laughs> he stopped the bus. And he told y'all to get out and fight. <laughs> man, hey, like, I remember that. Really, like, I remember that like it was yesterday. And it's so funny because, again, I guess that's how, like, some Hispanics are. I didn't know that. I'm just thinking, oh, my bus driver's cool. She's just going to keep going, boy. She stopped. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> yo, no, she was real cool, bro. She stopped the bus oh. and got to go fight. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, yeah, she was cool, man. Oh boy, that's that's you, bring that would, some that memories, would not happen. That would not happen today. This, what? That hey. would you? That'd be a, a lawsuit, bro. There would be, there's no way no Straight bus up. driver stopping the bus to kick your kids out. Hey, go fight, man. That's like yeah. some last Straight millennium up. shit. Yeah, that's Straight great, up. Dude. But I look back at it now, and like all seriousness, back then, even my era, your era. You can do stuff like that, and and people call it a day. But now, like you said, dude, oh. I even I'm thinking further than that. You just think, okay, let's say that happens, lawsuit. Not only that, one of these kids gonna call a parent who may be fucking psycho, come back with a gun and do do it. It'll happen. Now uh, you got a big 100%. thing. And, yeah, so it, that, it just shows you, man. That's more likely. That's more likely than a lawsuit, man. Is that yeah? yeah. Some parent gets yeah. mad and comes back. And with a gun or tries to fight you, the kid. That happened on the news the other day. There was a dad who slapped some 13-year-old girl at a bus stop because yeah. the girl was messing with his daughter, and he went and beat up the girl, man. I mean, it's like, yeah, these days you got to mind your business, bro, especially here in Miami, dude. Somebody will pull out a gun. And do, you know, that's why, like, in, in traffic, I don't mess with nobody. Man. I used to get really mad in traffic when, you know, somebody cuts you off or whatever, man. I'd go down my windows, throw pennies at people and shit. Wait, you now, do you do you threw do pennies? Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody cut you off or was a dick to you, I throw a penny at their car. Fucking you know, tell them to go fuck off. Now I don't do none of that, bro. Now I just mind my business. You cut me off, whatever, bro. You just cut me off, bro. There's too many stories where somebody gets shot in the middle of traffic over an argument. Yeah. It's not worth yeah, it. Facts it's not that. worth it, man. Yeah, yeah, facts. I'm listening. I'm the same way, man. I I I had um a nick I had a nickname. They would call me uh one finger salute. 
because obviously if you do something, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna flick you off. Um, there you go, the finger, bro. So let me tell you. That, that's how that's um, how it was back in the day. You get somebody a finger, that was it. Now that finger's on a trigger, bro. I want to shoot you. So this happened. Okay, after this this story here, I learned I have to really chill out. So this is this was last year. I don't remember what month, but this was like sometime last year. So I went. This was a Saturday. I had left the gym, and I went over to um I went over to the subway off of one. I think it's. One one oh four and I think it's one forty second, if you're familiar with that area. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, man. Come on, man. This is hometown right here. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. Okay, that's why I figured. So I was over there, you know, long switch, I went to get something to eat and then I was walking out. Um I was walking out of subway and I was getting ready to, you know, cross over, you know, get off the curb and get to the parking lot. So I see like this car, it was like a Camry or something. And dude like like speeding through and i'm like i stopped i didn't know what he was gonna do so after a while i'm like all right i'm getting ready to walk and as soon as i start walking then the dude decides to pull in like abruptly and i'm like all right so me instead of me just walking away i was a fucking hothead i banged on his car but nothing uh, like nothing nothing but ricky nothing hard like a dude it's like a love tap but still so all of a sudden i did it and i'm walking all of a sudden i see him like park halfway and then the door opens and I stop and I look buddy's coming at me you know and he was like I'll fuck you bang on my car and I'm like oh shit I'm like fuck it's about to go down for no reason so me being a man me being a man I said you know what dude it was my you know I said my fault you know so he asked me again so the second time as he's doing it as he's asking me that He's coming closer to me, right? Like, he's coming square to square with me. So as he's coming Ooh. square to square, I'm backing up because I'm like, I know I don't want no trouble, even though I did that. But I'm like, I'm not going to show you I'm trying to fight. So I did it the situation. Yeah. I said, again, I said, I said, dude, I said, again, it was my fault. I'm, I'm going to be a I, I said, my fault, my fault on that. And then he, he asked me a third time and he's getting close. I'm like, fuck. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, this can go several ways. For one, I got two sandwiches in my hand, so I'm thinking the dude could have. I'm thinking the dude could have been a. You know, he could have took the sandwiches, threw them down. I had my phone in my hand. He could did all that because I'm thinking, who knows? I'm laughing, bro. You're thinking about the sandwiches, bro. Well, no, I'm yeah because I'm thinking in my head. All right, dude will probably like want to take them and like smack. Who knows? He may want to take them, smack me across. I, I don't know. So, anyways, I was like, so I said it again. I'm like, dude. It's my fault, bro. Like, I'm like, that's all I can tell you. It's just, you know, my fault. And then he finally left. But then I was like, after that moment, Ricky, I told myself, but I was going through some shit, like, literally, mentally, I was just going through some shit, man. But after that, I told myself, I said, Jay, you got to snap out of it. Because I said, for one, you weren't armed. And two, I said, you just ruined your day. And pissed off somebody else for no reason. So after that moment, Ricky, I, don't, I leave people alone, man. I'll be honest. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah smart, and, and, man. And, and, and no lie, facts. Like, I thought about it. Facts. If I ever saw Buddy, I treat him to a meal, man, because that's just who I am. Because I knew I fucked up. I was in a me- bad mental space then. I told him, I, I treat him to a meal. Like, let him know. Like, dude, like, it's love on my end because I ain't, you know. But 
since then, bro, I'm telling you, I leave people alone. Again, even yeah, in traffic, man. you could be doing something stupid. I'll go around you, look at you, and I'm going to keep moving. I'm not going to say nothing, man, because like you said, here in Miami, people fucking crazy, and I just don't want to deal with that shit. Like, it's not worth it. Like, it's not. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. No. I I got to a point where I don't let uh, anybody else's bad day ruin my day. You know? Yeah. I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. If you're in traffic, you want to be a dick, cut people off, whatever's going on, I'm like, all right, man, go ahead, bro. I'm I'm not going to lose my life or get into a fight or any shit, bro. Because I've seen too much bullshit happen, man. You know, like I've been shot at, man, just because somebody else's problem, bro. I was going to school Mm -hmm. and... I'm the Florida State, man. And I had some roommates. They just wanted to fight all the fucking time, bro. You know, the kind of guys, my buddies to this day, but the kind of guys, you know, they would drink, and, you know, if they weren't picking up girls, they wanted to go fight. I'm like, man, you guys are going to get in trouble, bro. And that's what happened, bro. Just, they, got, they got into it with some dudes. And then, like, the next week, those guys come back to our apartment and start shooting up the fucking place, bro. Oh, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on here, bro? And we're outside, and I, I hear, I hear, cat, 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 cat. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I remember, oh, that's gunfire, bro. And so I just bailed back into the apartment, bro. And these guys, they, they were just shooting at our cars. That's what they did. They just shot our cars, though. And I was like, bro, you motherfuckers, bro. See, man, you started shooting the wrong people. And now they're coming over here and fucking, you know, shooting at us, bro. Yeah. I'm like, bro, I'm not dealing with that shit. I'm not dealing with that, bro. Fuck, that's why I've, I've never been one to fight people, you know? I've got, I've got the stupid fights in high school. But because I was always with people that were fighting. And I, was, I was like, oh, let me jump in here. I was, I'm, I'm not a big guy, man. I shouldn't be fighting. And I don't even like that shit. Yeah. I remember, I, remember punching this, I remember punching this one guy in the face. And then two other buddies grabbed me. I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> this, is, this is a bad thing to be a part of. And luckily, my friends came and saved me. But I just do not like that shit, bro. It, this, oh. I'd rather just say, hey, man, let's. We're going to fight? Fuck it. Let's just walk away. Let's yeah, I'm gonna be, yeah. Hey, I'm going to be honest. I'm like you, man. I thought about it. Like, I haven't fought nobody in my adulthood. Confrontations, I've got into a bunch of them. But as far as physical, nah, I want to say it's going to no, sound man. funny. I think the last time the last time I actually, like, physically, like, hit somebody, hit somebody was, like, in middle school, dude. And that was, you know, that was just because we're being stupid in the locker room. But otherwise, exactly. I, I thought, of, yeah, otherwise, I thought about it. No. I'm like, I ain't. I, I'm a people person, but at the same time, I'm not a people person. In the, in, the, in the sense, in the sense where I don't try to involve myself with stupidness. So I've, I avoid stupidity and mind my business. That if yeah. you're, you know, threat, if you're threatening my kids or my family, then I'm going to oh, do whatever, whatever I have to do. Yeah, that's yeah, different. different. Yeah. But no, nah, but you know, I, you know, just because we're arguing and shit, you know, like oh, we're gonna start fighting. Nah, man, come on, dog. Yeah, yeah. That shit, that shit. Yeah. I'm fucking too grown for that shit, bro. Yeah, that's what I think yeah. about. You gotta be that's smarter. That, yeah. But I wanted to ask you, because knowing me, I forget. How did you get into comedy from, from transitioning? Because you said you went to FSU, right? I did, man. I, that, that's where it pretty much started. So I went to um, Sunset, then I went to Miami Dade, you know, Okay. for a, a couple of years, you know. And that's where I kind of got my – I sucked in fucking grades in high school. 
I barely graduated, okay. you know. Like I had just just whatever you needed to graduate is what I had. Did you, and then, did you finish FSU? No, I didn't. I tried to explain. <laughs> and so okay. I went the day, okay. got my I got my act together. I got into Florida uh-huh. State, and I I just partied my ass off, man. I was like such a fucking party animal. Dude had such a good time, you know. Had so much fun, you know. I was really I was square in high school. You know, I would drink, but I wouldn't smoke or nothing like that. But when I got to Florida State, actually, when I got to like just before Florida State, that's when I started smoking weed heavy. And I that's all I did at Florida State. I would just fucking smoke weed daily. That was like the Snoop Dogg days. <laughs> I just fucking I thought I was Snoop, rolling blunts and shit. Wearing a bandana backwards like an idiot. <laughs> so I would just fucking, and I would never go to school. I would go to class just to hang out. You know, I would take four classes, drop two of them, you know, and that was every semester. And I was just a party guy. And, like, every semester I would get kicked out of school, and I would have to talk my way back into school. So that was, uh-huh. that was my whole three years there was I get kicked out, and then they let me back in. Kicked out, let me back in. But during that time, you know, I just had a lot of friends, man. I was I would always talk shit. And I had this one buddy, um, Squiggy, we called him. He's Raul. We called him Squiggy. And he was like, man, you're funny as fuck, man. You should do stand-up. And I always liked comedy. My whole life, I always liked, you know, performing. You know, I've been performing since I was a kid, really. You know, I've been performing in, in different ways. I'll, I'll tell you that story in a second. So my buddy, he's like, man, you should do stand-up. And I was like, ah, man, I always liked that. And then so when Florida State kicked me out the last time, I like, what the fuck are you going to do with your life, Ricky? What the fuck are you going to do? I mean, fucking make a decision. So it's funny. I'll try stand-up comedy. Why not, man? So there was like a little troupe up there in Tallahassee. They would do stand-up and shit. And I submitted like an audio tape. This was back in the day, all right? Like I recorded myself on an audio tape. Remember those old school tapes you had to like wind with a pencil when they got fucked up? Side A, side B. That shit, bro. So I recorded myself on that shit. I submitted it to this fucking Tallahassee stand-up comedy troupe, and they dissed me. They're like, nah, we don't want you in our troupe. Like, nah, you, you, you're not good enough. And I'm like, god damn. Like, you got uh-huh. terrible. And I'm not good enough? Shit. So I was like, man, I was like, fuck these dudes. I'm going to put on my own shows. So that's what I okay. did. I, so I went to a, a bar up in uh, Tallahassee. I think it was called Floyd's. And I was like, yo, I want to do a stand-up comedy show on this date. And they're like, oh, that sounds cool. So they let me do it. And what I did was I would put my show around the FSU football home game, and I will make it like a pep rally. So I called it the comedy rally. And so, you know, it was me. And this is like when the Internet is kind of just becoming a thing, you know. There's no social media, you know. I would go on chat rooms, and I would look for Florida comedians. And I found these three other dudes. I was like, yo, I'm doing a show here at this place on such and such a date. You know, come do it. And so – they came. I got the FSU band because it was like a pep rally, right? The FSU band came out and they did the war chant, you know, in front of the in front of the club. Dude, I thought, I, dude, I had a whole production. I got a dance team, all right. I went around FSU and I put flyers up looking for hip hop dancers. Flyers. This is not. This is how old school this shit was. I just some copy paper. I made some printouts, and I had this whole dance troupe of girls that, like, fly girls, like, in living color type shit. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, all right, I got comedians, I got dancers, I got the FSU marching band, all right, and then I, I would host the show and then bring up the comedians, you know? It was me, the first comic, and I had three other ones. And then, dude, I made this whole giant production, 
right? I, I even went to the FSU Health Center, and I got 100 condoms, all right? And after the show, I would throw out the condoms, all right? So I would do these shows. They were called a comedy rally. And I did, like, four of these up there. And I was like, okay, this is going good, man. Fuck. I, I did a whole production here. And I was like, I knew I couldn't do it too much longer in Tallahassee, man. You know, I was like, this is Tallahassee, you know. I got to get out of here. This was fun. And at that time, the Miami Improv had just opened up in Coconut Grove in 1998. Okay. And I was like, shit, I'm going to go down there and just, just do stand-up. You know, fuck this whole big production shit. I'm just going to do stand-up. So I left all my friends that graduated already. I was like, I got to go too, man. So I came back down to Miami, and um, I went to the improv, and they had an open mic night. This was like November 1998. And I did the open mic night, you know, and then it just started from there, man, you know. Like I did the first one. Um, the manager liked me. He said, hey, come back next week. I went back next week, and then it went good again. And he said, I want to hire you for the weekends to be the MC. And so he started hiring me to be the MC for the weekends at uh, the Improv of Coconut Grove, man. And so, and back then there was a lot of comedians in my head, like me and five other guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I started getting work really early on. Like my first weekend I ever hosted was Margaret Cho. And then, and I remember I bombed so hard. <laughs> I fucking bombed so fucking oh, hard. Yeah. Oh, God, it was fucking terrible. It was fucking rough. But whatever, you know, I just kept working, man. And that was like 25 years ago, you know. And I fucking, I got in with the improvs, and they just kept using me and using me. And then, you know, just still been doing it. But I, like I had mentioned earlier, I've been performing since I was like, I want to say 11 years old, man. Not that I wanted to do it. I kind of got pushed into performing. I, I loved Michael Jackson when I was a kid, like everybody did. Like I was a big Michael Jackson fan. So I could do the moonwalk, I could do the leg kick and the spin, and then that was my thing. My family knew me as I would do Michael Jackson. Every time we had a like dinner party, Ricky do Michael Jackson, and I would do it. And so there was um, a birthday party for one of the neighborhood kids, okay? And then we couldn't afford to give him a present, you know. Family of seven, five kids, two parents. We were broke as fuck, man, you know. And mm-hmm. so my brother, my older brother, he's uh, like seven years older than me. You know, he felt bad that we couldn't get the kid a present. He was like, Ricky, why don't you do Michael Jackson at the birthday party? And that would be like our present for him. I was like, I don't want to do that shit. He's like, no, nah, you're going to do it. He, he fucking made me. He made me do it, bro. So I went there, and like, I was like, what do I wear? He was like, bro, he gave me like a ski vest, a racquetball glove for a Michael Jackson glove. <laughs> <laughs> Put on fucking sunglasses. And then I went, went to the birthday party. And they're like, okay, Ricky's going to do Michael Jackson now. And so they gathered everybody around, and I fucking did my Michael Jackson. I was like 11 years old, maybe. And I fucking killed it. That they, they went crazy <laughs> for my bullshit Michael wow. Jackson. <laughs> Dude, that, it, it was such a hot thing in the neighborhood. Every time somebody had a birthday party, they called me to come do Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Still to this day. <laughs> no, not to this day, but it, it went on for like, for like two years, I was fucking Michael Jackson for all the little kids' birthday parties. So it was always like, okay, I guess this is what I do. I'm like, I'm like an entertainer, you know. I fucking, I fucking entertain people at fucking parties. And it was funny because when I was like 16, I got a job as a clown for children's parties. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Wow. I fucking, hey, we all got to start somewhere. 
Hey, so I was always, I was like, all right, I never had a problem doing, you know, maybe being uh, embarrassed in front of people. So I just, you know, I just fucking always been, you know, performing in front of people. And then so, you know, my buddy, my buddy brought to my attention, hey, man, you're always talking shit. You should fucking do this. I just do it. And stand up like, like anything is just a craft, bro. You know, you got to do it over and over and over. And you're going to bomb and it sucks. And you just got to get back out there and go and keep doing it and doing it, you know. You know, I've been fortunate, man, that, you know, I feel like I, I stay pretty busy, you know. As busy as I want to be. So it's been good, man. I got to work with really cool people, you know. Um, some really big guys in, in the business are still friends of mine. And I get to go work with and shit. I'm I'm not where I want to be, but I'm st- I'm in the business, which is you know something I'm proud to say. Who? Yeah, that's pretty much. See. Who? I'm sure you've encountered a bunch. Who would you say is your favorite comedian that you've actually encountered face to face? Ah oh, man, it is like a lot, man. Because when I when I lived in um, well, when you work for a big club like the Improv, you know, it's a national chain, so you get to travel around the country. You get to work with all the top acts everywhere, you know, you know, from Damon Wayans to uh, Rogan to Joey Coco Diaz, who's a very good friend of mine. Um, so you just work with acts. But I live in California, you know, you go to the comedy store and you just see just murderers left and right, bro, killing it, you know. But like. My my favorite comic prior to this day is Joey Diaz, you know? He's just got popular okay. this last 15 years or so. But he was always been like my comedy godfather. Like, I met him down here in Miami when he came for one weekend, and we hit it off. And um, he's always looked out for me, man, you know? And now he's huge, okay. you know, with his podcast, and people love Joey Coco Diaz, you know? So he's one of the greats, bro. And, you know, Damon Wayne's has always been very cool to me, you know, uh-huh. when he comes to town. I get to open for him, man, and he's always very generous with his advice, you know, a good dude. You know, you can call him on the phone and so, you know, talk to him for a little bit, and he's a good person, man. Um, there's a lot of good people out there, man. I've, I've never really encountered a dick, you know, in comedy. You know, usually it's a fun business, bro. But um, I, I got to really have a favorite, favorite comedian, but, like, the guys that I work with, like that, like Joey and Damon. Um, Bert Kreischer has always been very cool to me. You know, talks about me in his podcast, so that's very cool. There's a lot of good people out there, man. And there's one of the coolest guys that's like my brother passed away, Ralphie May. Remember him? Uh, yes. Ralphie May, big guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so I lived in the same apartment as Ralphie in Los okay. Angeles, man. We became really good buddies, man. And then he blew up after Last Comic Standing. He was on that, and he just blew up, man. He took me on a tour for like five years on his tour bus, just going around the country, you know, opening mm-hmm. for him. That was amazing, man. He was a fucking rock star, bro. He's like one of the best comedians, you know, it might have ever been. You know, he's up there. Not number one, but he's definitely, you know, top ten of greatest of all time. He would just fucking put out so much material. He would work Monday through Sunday. We do shows Monday through Sunday, man. He was just grinding out. He was a big dude, four hundred fifty pounds. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was gonna say, how long has it been since he passed? 
I don't remember. He was uh, he passed he, 2016, October 6, 16. 2016. Okay. He passed away, um, and he just had the stamina, man, and always churning out new material, man. Always had new shit out. Whatever happened, he would just talk about it. Like I seen a joke start off as three minute idea, turn into a 25 minute bit because he would just, you know, talk about every angle of that bit, man. That's how I learned so much from comedy is watching him. Because he would just take all the meat off the bone. That's what we call it, you know, taking all the meat off the bone. And he would just, just take every angle off this fucking idea he had and go in at it, man. And he was he was tremendous, bro. And very generous, too, man. He was, you know, a lot of clubs pay you like shit, and he would always give you more money on top, you know. If I was getting paid hmm. 100 bucks a show, he would, nah, that's not enough, Ricky, man. And he would give me some more money on top, you know. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, nah, good. Oh no, that guy, that guy is legend, man. Love him to death. R.I.P. Ralphie Mae. So, and then it was funny, man, because like a lot of times when you're a big comic and you go do a show, the audience wants to hear some of the stuff they heard before, you know? Yeah. Like they want, they want to hear uh, jokes off an album, and he'd be like, "Man, I'm not going to tell you that joke. You know, you want to go hear that joke? Go, go get the album. You know? Because he was trying to work on new stuff." Okay. And he was trying to get that next album out, you know? He was like, bro, if, if, I, if I keep giving you the same old shit, I won't get to the new shit. And that's why he would do like two and a half hours on stage, you know, because he's trying to find that great 45 minutes, you know? Uh-huh. And then, you know, yeah, makes every sense. 10 months or so, every 10 months or so, he's got a new, he's got a new hour. I mean, I don't know how many he's got. He's, a, he's got like 12 specials he did. It was... It was ridiculous, man. So, and it's so funny because we came up in 98 to 2003. I lived in that apartment, man, in wow. Hollywood, California. Hollywood, California. It's West Gardner. I mean, uh, North Gardner Street. So, Ralphie lived there. Um, I got in there because Joey Diaz lived there. So, uh-huh. Joey was there. Ralphie was there. And that building was like an epicenter, all right, of all these comics would come through. Jay Moore would come through there and hang out. Joe Rogan would come through there and hang out. It was fucking bananas. I had just started doing comedy at that time. I'm like two years in. These guys were like 10 okay. years, 12 years ahead of me. You know, so they were like established vets already, you know. And so I'd be there flying the wall in Ralphie's uh, kitchen. He had his little studio apartment. I'd be there uh-huh. flying the wall just watching Rogan, Ralphie, Joey Diaz, Jay Moore, wow. Jeff Ross. All going wow. at it, bro. Bah, 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 bah. And I'm like, holy shit. And like, I didn't realize what these guys were going to become. You know, but you look about it, look at it now, Rogan is the biggest podcast in the world. You know, Robin know. is a giant comic. <laughs> jo- Joey Diaz is right up there with the podcasting. Jay Moore, superstar. All right, Jeff Ross, superstar. I was like, wow, man, I was, you know, right around these people at the beginning of my comedy career. It was like such a great, um, it was like a college, man, you know? That was my college, you know, that time in Hollywood. You know, that was my the best education ever had in this business. Did you ever, when you were, I guess, high school and younger, did you have any favorite comedians at the time or not as much? Oh, Eddie Murphy, man. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, bro. Hell yeah, bro. Eddie Murphy's always been a favorite. And at, and at that time, he already stopped doing stand-up. Because, bro, Raw, Raw came out, I think I was in elementary school when Raw came out. Yeah, because like Raw, his, his, his last album. 
Yeah, because Raw, I might be wrong. Raw is like, what, 86, 87, something like that, or no? Something. Yeah, yeah, it's like that, man. I remember I was I was definitely, like, in sixth, maybe going to the seventh grade. So, yeah. like, in high school, I was still a giant Eddie Murphy fan. Okay. Um, you know, huge fan of The Living Color in high school. You know, it's Damian oh. Williams, I love Damian. You know, Jim Carrey, love watching him. You know, that's that's the stuff I like, you know. That's what I thought I'd be doing, that type of shit. Um, so I just always loved that, man. Like, always been a big, you know, prior fan. And, just, and, then, and growing up, my mom, my mom loved comedy. You know, more than, she, like, women, though. Like, she was a big Carol Burnett and Joan uh-huh. Rivers fan. Okay. So anytime Joan, okay. Rivers on, anytime Joan Rivers was on TV, she would call me. You know, Ricky, come watch, come watch. Joan Rivers is on TV. So I watched Joan Rivers. And I just loved her, bro, because she was just, she said whatever she wanted to say, you know, she was irreverent. I like roast comedy, you know, so she would roast everybody, you know, that's, that's the type of shit I loved, you know, so I'd watch her, um, and then she, my mom was a big fan of David Brenner, you know, more on the clean side, but very clever, so I, I grew up watching that type of shit, and then, then I became you have a, it. just a fan a fan of just different comics like Chris Rock and, you know, Chris Rock is always been great. <laughs> I got to check out his new special. Speaking of Chris Rock, <laughs> okay. Being a, you being a comedian, how do you think you would have handled that situation with Will Smith? God damn, I don't even know, right? Like, I've been asked that before uh, on different shows, but it's like you get smacked in front of the world, basically, like, I don't know. I don't think I was going to rush the man, you know? I don't think you know until you're in that situation. You know, are you going to are you gonna fight back? Or are you going to just, like, cry like a bitch and fucking fall down to your knees? If like, oh, my God, I got smacked in front of the world, you know? I think he handled it like, holy shit, like a professional. You know, he went into, he went into comedy. You know, I'd like to think I would handle it something like that, maybe, you know, try to be professional about it. But who knows, man? That was such a fucking wild moment, you know? I Did heard you that see... in this special, he talks about it. Uh, big time. He's going He's going at both of them hard. Oh, I got to check it out. But, yeah, what? I don't know how I, would, how I would handle that, man. I've been, like, I have been rushed on stage before. A couple, you know... There was I had shit thrown at me. <laughs> so I had um, I was doing Calle Ocho. Power ninety six has a stage during Calle Ocho, which is coming up soon. Uh-huh. And they asked me to perform. They asked me to perform at Calle Ocho one year, and I was like, "It's not going to go well." I knew right away it's good. It's not the place for stand up comedy, you know. It just it's a block party. They want music. They want shit like that. So they bring me out after this musician does his set, and they don't say I'm going to do comedy. They just bring me out. So the 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 mass of people in Kaiocho, I don't know, like a thousand people in front of me, they think I'm going to sing a song. And I just go and I start Uh-oh. talking shit. I'm there, I just start doing material. And then they're kind of confused. You know, I'm, I'm talking in English. I'm prepping the spec. They don't know what's going on. And they start screaming, you know, canta, canta, like sing, sing. I'm like, bro, I'm not here to sing. And, bro, I just see this fucking bottle come out of the crowd. Foof, 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 foof. Bro, I ducked that shit. 
and hit the drum set behind me, like, ding. <laughs> bro, I just walked off stage, bro. I fucking told the program director, Pound 86, like, yo, bro, I told you this shit was not going to work out, man. Just, I had to do two sets. I was like, bro, I'm not doing the second one. Just pay me for half. He paid me for one. I left. That was one assault. The second time I was, this is like right after COVID, and there was a COVID benefit. Anytime there was a benefit of some guy who died of COVID. And I'm talking shit about COVID. Oh. And then so one of, the, <laughs> one of the guys, he's like, hey, you know, my buddy died of COVID. Blah, 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 blah. And I, I was broke. And I got heated, bro. I was like, you know, shit, man. And he, he started coming up to the stage, like walking to the audience. And I was like, bro, I, I ain't going to play. Because they, they were heckling the guy before me. All right, mm-hmm. I was like, bro, these people, they better start heckling me, bro. I'm, I'm going to play that shit. And so when he started walking to the crowd, I got off the stage and I started walking across the tables. Like I was about to jump on him. I was going to Jimmy Superfly snooker this motherfucker. <laughs> so, bro, security had to grab him and walk him out, bro, because he was drunk as fuck. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit, I, I'm not going to stay here and get hit by this motherfucker. So that's that's one instance where I thought I was like about to jump on somebody because they rushed the stage. So I don't know. Maybe if Will Smith if Will Smith smacked me, I might have fought back. Who the fuck knows? Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, cause cause I thought about it. Well, see, like I said, that whole thing right there. I didn't. Let me see. I think I watched like the beginning of the Oscars, but then I knocked out. So I didn't find out about all that until the next morning when, like, my phone just Same. gave me a whole bunch of feeds. Yeah. So it's Same. like, yeah, so you think about it, and it's like you're on live TV. I think it was live, yeah, right? I think the Oscar was live that day. So. Yeah, it's live. It's got, it's got a delay, but it's live. And all of a sudden, like I say, Chris Rock is, uh, shit, I don't know, like five, seven, maybe, if that. He's short. And you see Will Smith, he's well, fucking no, like he's, six. He's not, he's, not, he's not that short. Chris Rock's a good five. He's almost six foot tall, bro. I've seen him in person. How, t- how tall is he? He's okay. taller than me, okay. man. I'm, I'm not very big, but he's, he's pushing six feet at least. Okay. So, but Will Smith is damn near like, Will Smith is like six one, six two. Yeah, probably six three, maybe. He's, he's tall dude. Okay, if that. So you see this big dude come towards you and go, bah! It's kind of like a, did that just happen moment, you know? Yeah, man. And, 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 and you think about it, same thing. Like, let's just say you, you're, you're at the improv. You're not expecting that. You're not. Not at all, no. <laughs> no. You're not. No, no. No. I've had some dude grab me after a show. I was sitting there at the bar, and... Some chick comes up to me, starts talking to me, and then um, yo, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I know, I thought my phone cut off, man. And then some dude grabbed me from the back because he thought I was knocking at this girl, which I was not. And then like he grabbed me, and oh shit, you know. And then security came and got him. Uh huh. But yeah, but that whole that whole Will Smith moment, it did make it a possibility where that shit might happen again. You know, look what happened to Dave Chappelle like two weeks later, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You, you know, think? You no. Know? You think because of these situations, regardless if you're an up and coming comedian or if you're a big time, you know, comedian, comedic rock star, 
you think it's always better for them to have security at, at the stage just in case? I mean, they, they should have security in the room, you know? Not, yeah. I want to say, I, I want to say near what, the stage or what, on no. the stage because that's, that's okay. awkward, but in the room for sure. I didn't a lot of places don't, on, man. Like, yeah, I didn't you mean, mean to say. You've been nearby. On, yeah, like, you know, like, cause, yeah. you know, I've been to, I've been to the improv in Doral like too many times now. So I'm thinking yeah. on that side, like that off, I don't know what you call it, but like, okay. Yeah, they got them there. They got the, they got the security off to the side. Yeah. Some bouncers. They, but, I mean, I see some shit go down over there, but they should have more security. That's for sure. Oh, yeah? Huh. Oh, oh yeah, man. You, I saw a dude pull, yeah, cause, I seen a dude cause pull I know, a gun out in the lobby, bro. That's what? Bro. Oh, yeah, bro. That shit got to be. That shit, was, that shit was scary. But, yeah, man, they should definitely have. Anytime you have crowd, security should be, you know, one of the things you think about, you know, when you, you know, organizing any kind of event, that's for sure. A lot of things don't happen, man. I mean, I do shows every week where it's just, you know, no security. And and for the most part, there's never a problem, you know. But, you know, on the off chance something does happen, you know. Yeah, be prepared. Be prepared, you know, or, or somebody there knows some jujitsu, knows some jujitsu or some shit that can do it. <laughs> yeah, facts on that. Nah, that's it, man. Yeah, bro. But that's hey, man. So where we living now, bro? Yeah, yeah, it's what it is now. It's what it is. And it's just only gonna get crazy and crazy if people don't just chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like a, so, you know, like a pendulum, right? It swings back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. I agree on that. Yeah, man. But how do you see? But how do you see comedy now, though, compared to when you first I started? Think it, dude. Um. Nah. It's it, it's been pretty. You know, consistent. Like you know, like I've always said, whatever the fuck I want to say all the time. You know, it. it, it this that woke. Culture definitely is more noticeable now. You know, I've always said to really outlandish shit, so <laughs> sometimes I make audience go ooh. But definitely, I've noticed it more. You know, these last few years and shit that people are more sensitive to certain topics. That's for sure. It, it's getting better, but comedy, like you know, like we always say, it's like the last place where you can say whatever you want to say. You know. It's like it's just because we're we're doing it. It's comedy, you know. We're trying to make fun of things, you know. We're just trying to look at things from different angles and find the humor in whatever it might be, you know. You know, we're not really trying to hurt nobody. It's just we're trying to like, you know, posit a different way to look at something, you know. Hey, like if something's unreasonable, bring it up, you know satire certain things, you know, looking at things at different angles. That's all. It's just to, like, make a new connection. I, I find that interesting when you make an uh, interesting connection of something, you yeah. know, and make somebody laugh, something clever. But comedy's great right now, man. There's, like, I'm kind of worried it might slow down because there's so much um, places doing shows. Like, after the pandemic, people were hungry to do stuff, and comedy was a great thing to go, you know, watch. And so there's like so much comedy right now, like everywhere, and people and people are really digging it, man. People are, and especially with things like this podcast, you know, people love podcasts. 
They love hearing about new comedians. Um, they go check them out. They follow them. They check out their shit. Um, so it, it's definitely been really cool, man. Like I, it's so cool when I, when I go somewhere and you know one of these guys, like Bert or Joey, they've mentioned me on their podcast, and then someone who comes see me because oh shit, I heard about you from Joey Diaz. Oh shit, like I always know if somebody mentions me because I all of a sudden I start getting Instagram followers from like weird places. I was like, oh, somebody just mentioned me somewhere. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, okay. And and people are really looking out, you know. They're looking out for new voices and shit, you know. They want to check out different people. And, you know, it's been fucking cool. It's been definitely fun, man. That's what's up. You know, and I, 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 I still got a day job. I ain't there yet, you know. I still got my day job and shit. Hey, me too. I always joke about it. I always joke and say, man, which it's hard. I'm not saying it's hard, but if, like I say, I had that magical opportunity, my nine to five is out the window. Trust me. Oh yeah. <laughs> really. Oh, you fun. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just supports, uh, you know. That's my health exactly. insurance. <laughs> yep. <laughs> gotta, yeah. Yeah. Gotta have, that, gotta have that health insurance for the kids, man. Huh? Are you right? That's for sure. Right. You gotta, you gotta just, you know, just do what you love, also. That's it. And just keep grinding. Yeah. Just keep grinding. And it'll pay off. That's it'll it, pay it. off. That's yeah. And, and then, you know what? And if you're just doing what you like to do, hey, man, that's your therapy, too. Like the gym, you know, you, you're doing that, that passion you have. That, you know, that's your peace of mind. Yep. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Definitely, dog. Rick, Ricky, I want to, before we, before we get up out of here, I appreciate you. You still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here, man. Okay, now I heard some beep. I don't know if it was on my end or your end. No, maybe yours. Your, your, your timer saying, hey, yo. <laughs> oh, yeah, time to go. <laughs> but <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, we finally linked up and got a chance to really sit down and talk, man. Uh, like, I, like, I, like I told you before, you see how I do it, man. I just, fl- I just flow with it, man. And like I say... I have a certain time I go, but then after that, man, based off of the person I'm talking to or, or if I'm on my, you know, my own, you know, solo tip, we just flow. But um, I appreciate you chopping it up with me, man. Um, oh, all day, Jay. It's fun, man. I'm glad, bro. Yeah. Glad to sit down and talk. Yeah, for sure. Because like I say, when we in the gym and we passing through, we saying, you know, what's up and we, we keep moving. So that's why I say it's... Yeah. You know, it was good to really, like, sit down and chop it up on this end, you know. Definitely, brother. Well, thank you, man. you, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no. No, absolutely, man. Thank you, man. I know I kept you a little long, man, but I appreciate it. No, um, bro, that's all, all good, bro. I'm going to run now to uh, Puerto Tropical and pick up some dinner. <laughs> for the gotcha. Who you want to shout out before we go? Sh- shout outs and um, plug in your stuff, man, your social media and all that. Man, just uh, man, if your followers just you know, hop on board and you know, keep in touch with me. The best place is my Instagram at Ricky Cruz Comedy. That's where I post you know everything where I'm gonna be. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of me, man. At Ricky Cruz Comedy, man. Um, you know I'm out weekly. Like tomorrow night, I know this airs next uh, week, um, but usually Wednesday nights. Like tomorrow night, I'll be at SLS Brickle. You can find me there usually weekly. That's a, a spot you can always find me at. Um, I work at the Miami Improv, Damien Improv, uh, 
Palm Beach Improv all the time. Uh, but if you, if you can follow me on Instagram, I'll let you know where I'm going to be. We'll catch up. Or come, to, or you, come to the U fit in the cross. Come to the U fit in the crossings. I'm, I'm there six days a week. <laughs> yes, sir. And if you guys didn't get that, like I said, you can look you can look him up on my Instagram, Life Podcast underscore eighty four. Find him at Ricky Cruz Comedy. Before we go, Ricky, sometimes sometimes I personally like to end my show with like a funny note or anything. You want to close it out for us? With what? Well, we we didn't Whatever. do enough, bro. Goddamn. We <laughs> 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 got. I thought we were just funny for an hour and a half. <laughs> now I gotta do extra, extra more funny. Goddamn, Jay. <laughs> we're good, bro. <laughs> Guys, that was funny right there. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, I appreciate hey, it, Rick. Yeah, Ricky, man, same thing. I'll catch you tomorrow, man. Uh, again, by the time people hear this, it's already going to be a week. But I'll see you. I'll definitely probably catch you tomorrow sometime in the gym, man. We'll chop it up some more. You got it, bro. All right, All right enjoy that later, dinner, man. man. All right, bro. Thanks, bro. Later, man. All right, you got it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we out here. Stay safe. Love.